It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome back to our big broadcast here on iHeartRadio and also AMFM247.com. We have a great guest with us on the telephone. Go ahead and introduce yourself, my friend. Talk to us a little bit about yourself. Hi, this is uh, Doc. Hello? Hello. We're waiting for you to introduce yourself. Yes, this is uh, Dr. Shuchita Garg this side, and uh, I'm one of the practicing physicians at University of Cincinnati, Ohio, and my primary area of practice is chronic pain, and um, thank you for having me on your show to talk to you. Yes, 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 yes. Well, uh, how, how did you get interested in this uh, facet? Well, uh, it's been a long journey so far for me, um, starting from anesthesia as a primary specialty back from India where I trained. Um, and when I moved to U.S., I got more exposure to chronic pain while I was doing my residency as anesthesia at University of Iowa. Um, I think I got introduced to, like, you know, managing different ways of um, uh, different kinds of pain that we dealt with at our clinic. Um, I got excited to learn all the therapies that were used, all the, um, all the various ways, including medications and injections that came across. It really got excited uh, me into this field. Um, also knowing that pain is like the fifth vital sign and, you know, it's like an ever-evolving field with like newer technology coming in, I think it just, it just presents you with more and more challenges and um, get you to kind of deal with very difficult situations at times. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here on our big broadcast. So um, talk to us a little about some of your areas of interest. Low back pain. Tell us about low back pain. The low back pain is one of the most common um, pathologies that we encounter amongst patients who come to the chronic pain clinics. Um, again, very commonly that we have is like, you know, pain related to the disc degenerations in the low back or be it arthritis in the low back. Um, interestingly, um, you know, the pain becomes multifactorial, which means that, you know, it's coming from multiple sources at the same time. Um, we do offer like, you know, um, a lot of multimodal approach towards the low back pain management. Um, this includes uh, not only the medical part, like the pharmacological management, but also like the non-pharmacological therapies that are used to address the pain. Um, a lot of times um, I offer my patients um, to do a lot of physical therapy um, along with combination of like um, steroid-based injections, which I primarily do under fluoroscopy. And then a combination of like you know lifestyle modifications and of course uh, medication based management. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here on iHeartRadio and also AMFM247.com. Now you work as the director of the Pain Clinic, University of uh, Cincinnati Medical Center. Tell us a little about this. All right. So uh, the University of Cincinnati has um, pain clinic locations pain clinics located in various locations, um, you know, um, I'm the director at one of the locations of the pain clinics over there, and um, as a director, basically, it's uh, a lot of administrative role that you kind of deal with um, in terms of, you know, looking after the staff and looking after the working of the clinic, but also it involves, like, uh, um, overall kind of... Uh, um, taking care of the clinic uh, in terms of, like, you know, um, the um, the patient population, the diverse patient population that we cater to, um, the various um, insurance and payer mixes that we are catering to, 
um, um, it, 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 this role comes with a lot of challenges, I feel. Um, a lot of pain um, uh, pathologies, a lot of different kind of pain pathologies come over to the clinic. So mainly low back pain as we talked, but also like neck pain, facial pain, various joint pain. Um, and then um, a lot of like nerve pain conditions, neuropathies, pain related to diabetic neuropathies, CRPS, uh, complex regional pain syndromes. It's interesting to see how much can be done in terms of like the existing technologies that we have. And a lot of new technologies and new, new pain procedures are coming up. Uh, for instance, for the low back pain, there is like, you know, new um, minimally invasive surgically procedures that are coming. Um, there's neuromodulation techniques such as the spinal cord stimulation, the dorsal ganglion stimulation um, that is coming for the low back pain and tons of other techniques that are coming. So I think it overall the field gives you a lot of opportunity to kind of help out the patients who are suffering. We have got a fabulous guest with us today. Uh, she is amazing, and uh, she has has done a lot of uh, residencies. And take us through your education background. I started off back in India, um, so my medical school started back in 1992. And uh, once I finished my medical school, I went through a um, um, anesthesia residency. And um, I did spend um, a few years training and then practicing as a um, staff faculty back in India. Um, I also got a flavor of uh, working as like a critical care intensivist again back in India. And um, I believe that, you know, gets you exposed to like a lot of critical situations, a lot of quick decision-making scenarios. Um, after that, after my critical care um, intensivist career, I decided to move to U.S. along with my family, and uh, I did my anesthesia residency again. I did that at University of Iowa, and um, doing the residency here again, of course, it was like a lot of um, new things that I learned and new ways that the things were done. And I got exposed to chronic pain more here while doing my residency. And um, I, I decided to uh, take up chronic pain as my career after doing this training or a fellowship at the University of Iowa. I met some of the finest teachers and the mentors who were, who in my opinion, were doing like a phenomenal job and were um, so excellent in what they were doing. And that kind of really got me into doing this chronic pain. Um, after doing my fellowship, I started working as a staff uh, for chronic pain. And um, for the past five years, I've been working as a faculty. Um, currently, I'm at the University of Cincinnati, Ohio. And I do practice both anesthesia and chronic pain. So it's been a long journey um, of doing both anesthesia and chronic pain and totally satisfying and totally gratifying. Well, tell me about interventional pain medicine. Tell us about this. So interventional pain medicine um, basically basically means um, uh, providing uh, therapies to chronic pain patients which are based on um, mainly based on the injections. So the injections are done um, mainly under the direction or under the guidance of fluoroscopy um, in the pain clinic as outpatient procedures. Um, but mainly for the, for the starting with the most common condition that we deal with is the chronic low back pain. Um, so the interventional pain procedures mainly include doing lumbar epidural steroid injections. And again, something that people have commonly heard is the, that the epidural steroid injections, the epidural injections are, the, are what the mothers get when they have babies. So um, this intervention is similar to that, except that the steroids are injected for the chronic low back pain. 
um, acting as anti-inflammatory medications. They mainly help with uh, pain related to the degenerated discs in the back and also the pain related to the sciatica um, caused by the degeneration in the low back. Um, another very common interventional pain procedure done in the low back is the um, uh, lumbar medial branch blocks, which are, again, commonly called as nerve blocks. And uh, they help to, um, to uh, numb or to, to deaden the uh, sensory supply in the low back that is, that is causing the pain related to the arthritis. Um, similar procedures can be done for the thoracic spine, um, which is, again, the, mainly the upper part of the spine, and then the neck region, which is also called the cervical spine. Um, for the joints, um, we basically do um, some steroid-based joint intraarticular injections, which is like basically injecting steroids into the joints, um, mainly the big joints such as the hip joints, um, and again, smaller joints such as knee joints or shoulder joints. Um, there are a lot of newer therapies coming to the joints, such as there are regenerative therapies that are coming, and then there is like nerve blocks, like the funicular nerve blocks that we're doing for the post-arthroplasty um, uh, pains that are related to the knees. Um, the newer upcoming interventional pain procedures are the, the spinal cord neuromodulation um, that basically involves um, implanting a device in the low back or the neck or the thoracic region um, to provide pain relief, um, especially when people have pain um, after major surgeries in their back, um, and um, that that can help out with these conditions. Some of the newer techniques that are coming in or in the pipeline are again, like uh, common names are like dorsal root ganglion stimulation. There are some high frequency nerve stimulation. Um, so again, again, these are the some of the newer techniques that are coming for the back pain and the neck pain related to post-surgical pain. Is again, there? Is, um, sorry. Go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. All right. So the the I mean, this is just some of the interventional pain procedures pain um, procedures that could be done. There is a bunch of other procedures. Um, you know, there. are um, like the Botox therapies that can be done, then there could be some newer um, injectable therapies that have, you know, come out for like the um, the migraines and for the headaches. Um, there is a host of other uh, techniques of nerve blocks that could be done, again, for uh, pains related to neuropathies, pain related to certain nerve damages. Um, pain related to um, sympathetic mediated pain or the amputation, uh, post-amputation pains, and so on and so forth. Do you have a, uh, a book or a website or, or anything we can direct people to? Uh, currently, I don't have a website or a blog that I could uh, uh, direct my patients to. But they're most welcome to either write to me or, you know, if they wanted to reach out to you, I'm happy to take the questions and answer any one of them. Well, fantastic. We will do that. Uh, I appreciate you making time for us today, and thanks for coming on our program. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Appreciate it, my friend. Have yourself a wonderful day. There she goes. And uh, we are going to take a time out and come back. I was weightlifting starting at the age of 12 and, 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 and a dream of playing in the National Football League as a kid. That was, that was my dream. That was my passion for, for quite a number of years. And, and really my first introduction to a... a a live professional event uh, came through the likes of a guy named Jesse the Body Ventura. <laughs> um, a bunch of us muscleheads worked out in a little sweat box, sweat box gym of his in North Minneapolis, and uh, he had in, invited us down to his show. He was doing a deadlift match, so that piqued my interest. I didn't really care about the wrestling. He was doing a deadlift competition. It's a guy named 
Paul Ellering. Wow. Paul Ellering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was my first introduction. But that said, I still have my sights on the NFL. And, and in the meantime, in college, some of my buddies had gotten involved. Road Warrior Animal, uh, Barry Darso, Rick Rude, and some others. And uh, their careers were taken off. And I was continuing my, my, my pursuit of professional football. So, these guys are deadlifting. <laughs> Do you happen to remember the uh, the poundages or, or, or what some of the different uh, different feats of strength that you witnessed that day? Because I'm sure that this was, this sounds like it was way before they made the modern deadlift platforms. So I'm sure they were just slamming weights all over that little gym. Well, uh, you talking about Ventura and, and Ellering? Yes, yes. No, that no, dude, no, dude. You don't understand. That was at the St. Paul Civic Center as part of the wrestling show. Oh wow! Okay, so they, so had they the were. Weights, they had the weights in the ring. Yeah, and, and I, since you asked, I'll tell you this part. We're standing down. You know, I'm standing away and stacking the the bar. You know, you know, each guy would do it. And he'd make it. and Then he stack more weights, and then. You know, eventually Ventura failed, and they came down to Ellering, and if he made it, he won, right? You know, that's right. <laughs> well, the, the announcers, the announcers announcing the weights, and I'm like, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm not close enough where I can, like, see the plates, oh. but I know they're 45-pound plates. Yeah. And I'm like, and I go, hey, James, I go, that, that announcer doesn't know how to add, right? Oh, Okay. <laughs> I'm not good at math either, but I'm like, that dude don't know how to add. There's not that much weight on there. And then that was my aha moment. Okay. So every, every, like, so basically everything was gimmicked. I was like, aha. Maybe this is not, maybe this isn't all it's cracked up to be here. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, with with this, and, and you've been involved in, in pro wrestling, you know, like you said, for a heck of a long time. What is the appeal to the bench press competition, the deadlift competition? Why do wrestling promoters or, or bookers think that this is the thing to do? Because sometimes, it, you know, like with you, you're super into it. But the vast majority of, as, as we call them, the marks sitting in the front row, they're, yeah. they've never lifted a weight in their life. They must be terribly bored by all this. What is the... What is the reason they do the ben- they used to do the bench press competitions and it what was it mainly to further an angle or yeah 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 you really uh, that's that's it I mean it's it becomes part of the storyline part part of the angle they're they're perhaps either building or, or leading up to or into and 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 so not so much the co- the competition of it obviously again the weights were were not the actual weights but it was the it was the outcome that that they were shooting for, which they got, which was uh, Ellering. Ellering looks, you know, he's struggling, struggling. Looks like he's going to get it and beat Ventura. And, and Jesse races across the ring, throws chalk in his eyes, and Ellering falls under the bar. And, and they 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 bring stretchers in. They they uh, you know going to take. Oh and yeah. He breaks away and kicks him off the stretcher <laughs> onto the concrete floor. And so. So you know, it's just something that leads into the into the uh, the end result of what they're trying to accomplish. We have got Nikita Koloff with us today. He is fantastic. He is uh, just uh, amazing. Uh, professional wrestler, Christian faith leader. Get more information, NikitaKoloff.com. You can uh, see his career. Um, his ministry is over there as well. Uh, Koloff for Christ Ministries. And uh, he's he's got all sorts of things going on over there at NikitaKoloff.com. Also his Instagram, Facebook as well. Um, Nikita's doing some really cool things on Instagram uh, right now for people that are basically locked down due to the uh, COVID-19. Uh, continuing on with, with professional wrestling, and you have uh, a great background. You've done a ton of different things in the NWA. Uh, how come you never got in WWE? How come that never happened? Was it was it just a money thing, or did you just have zero interest? Uh, I, I've always wondered, because 
it would have been perfect to see Nikita Koloff versus The Undertaker at a WrestleMania. The nightmare yeah. against the Russian nightmare. Yeah, there, there you go. Uh, Nikita against Hulk Hogan, of course. The, the, yes. You know, they, they, <laughs> the magazines built that one up for a while. And, yes. And, uh, and there would have been others, uh, I'm sure, that I, I, I could have uh, could have been competitive against. And, and I certainly potentially could have leveraged that uh, even for more money from Jim Crockett, but yes. never never entertained the idea, James. I Jim Crockett Jr. gave me my break in professional wrestling. For those who don't know the story, we won't go into it today. I mean, yeah. you can you gave my website; they can read more about it there. But uh, or they can pick up you know the book. Uh, my last book was Nikita: A Tale of the Ring of Redemption. That book covers my story back all the way back as far as I can remember in life to present day. Yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, but, uh, the book's uh, fantastic, I, by the way, I've, I, when I announced we were going to have you on the program, I had all sorts of people come out of the woodwork that said, Hey, have you read his book? <laughs> so, yeah, well, that's, that's awesome. Well, Hey, just for the listeners out there, just know that, uh, during this this shutdown, I am in the pro- in fact I've already re- wrote three brand new chapters for it. I'm working on a fourth chapter, and hopefully uh, by the end of the year, at the latest, there will be a new edition of a Tale of the Ring of Redemption. Fantastic! Uh, but don't let that stop you from getting the, the, the current edition. <laughs> but that said, um, I just never entertained the idea. In fact, very very Darso when he came, we brought him in as Crusher Khrushchev. And when he went up to, to do uh, the demolition gimmick, um, you know, he originally asked me to go with him. And, I, and I'm like, Barry, I worked, I just worked too hard on uh, <laughs> the yes. <Russian> nightmare <laughs> and, and, uh, and getting that character over. And I just, so I had no, I, no interest in, in, in abandoning that character uh, and just continuing on with it. And, and then also, because the questions always ask, well, did Vince or did any of that, did they ever approach you? And uh, quite truthfully, no, they never did. I ran into Vince in a gym in Las Vegas one time when we both had shows in town the same night and had a, a cordial conversation with him, brief. Um, and then the next time I saw him was at Road Warrior Hawks funeral and had another another brief conversation with him. But yeah. I was just loyal. Here's the. I'll summarize it by saying this: I was loyal to the NWA, still am to this day. I was loyal to Jim Crockett uh, for giving me the opportunity that he gave me, which is really in a sense unparalleled, prior to anybody else, or perhaps even ever anyone since then that he gave me that the opportunity. He gave me pretty amazing opportunity. We've got Nikita Koloff with us today. He joins us live here on the telephone. And you worked uh, a lot of programs and, and had a lot of feuds with Lex Luger uh, back in the, the NWA. Um, I, I've heard a lot of stories over the years about how difficult Lex was back then as compared to now. Uh, what, what do you make of, of that? Because... He is a totally different guy nowadays. You see him on videos or interviews. He's laughing, having a good time. You see him back in the day. He's very serious, and he's got his nose in the air. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, I mean, I, I jokingly say I'm one of the few guys who actually liked him back in those days. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> I mean, awesome. Like, like, for real. Like, I mean, we used to travel together some when we were on the same side of the track, not when we were obviously fighting against each yes. other. But uh, for a while there, we were on the same side. So we used to travel together. And, and uh, you know, and, and I would say in those days, Really, when he did the character, the narcissist up in New York, up in the <laughs> WWE, that wasn't too far from the truth. It wasn't hard for him to, to, to have to manufacture that. That was pretty, pretty, pretty accurate. I mean, it was Lex's world. It was all about Lex and, and, you know, and everything he ever did, whether pro football or, or wrestling or anything else, came to weightlifting, bodybuilding, came to him very natural. And so, therefore, it gave him a, a bit of an edge, we'll call it. Um, the, the change or the difference between then and now, anyone who knew him then and anyone who spends any time around him now, to your, to your point, will, would have to walk away and say, he is not 
the same guy I knew back then. And I'm going to give you the condensed reason for that. April 23rd, 2006, he got on his knees in a hotel room with a chaplain from, from the jail that had befriended him, wow. led him in a prayer of salvation, giving his life to Jesus. And as Lex says, he was pressure washed from the from the inside out, from the bottom of his feet up, and, and that his life now is evidence of a genuinely changed life. He's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. None of us yeah. are, but he is a changed man, and it had to do with April 23rd, 2006, when he gave his life to Jesus. Well, I remember uh, hearing that the, the the longer version of that in one of your... Uh, one of your services that you and him did at, at a local church, and he said that mm-hmm. this that this chaplain was like, never let him, l- you know, alone for a minute. He'd show up at the gym. Hey, let's work out. <laughs> he, well, hey, he was like, hey, let's go out to dinner. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's a great story. Again, I, I'll give you a condensed version of it, but it's a great story because the chaplain just felt prompted to, while Lex was, Lex was in jail like four months, right? And so the chaplain would come by every day and Lex would just blow him off. You know, stiff arm would give him the heist. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want to talk to this pre- preacher guy. And then one day he was so bored, he goes, All right, I'm going to see what this guy has to say. Well, that said, <laughs> it's a great story. There, if you're in ministry, this is called relational witnessing. By that meaning, Pastor Steve befriended him for several months through through jail, used to bring him peanut butter and different things, never one time brought up Jesus, never one time brought up the Bible. He just befriended him. Yes. And then, and then he'd ask Lex, he goes, hey, would you trade me when I get out? Lex was like, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> he, he gets out of jail. Well, there's like a thousand gyms in, in Atlanta. Steve goes to like everyone until he finds him. That's amazing. Him, and he finds him, James, and, and, and Lex is like, yeah, yeah, I'll work you out. And he said, I worked him out so hard that day, I thought, because Lex is like, I'm not a personal trainer. He goes, you, I worked him out so hard that day, I, I didn't think I'd ever see him again. And he had to be so stiff the next day, but he showed up. He's like, oh, my gosh, he showed up. <laughs> and the irony is, the day he was walking out of the gym when Steve found him, yes. he was walking out with his with his drug dealer. Oh, my God. And it wasn't until several <laughs> months later that Steve would lead him in that hotel to Jesus. Holy smokes. That... Th- <laughs> you, you you are correct on, uh, on that whole thing where he just... Wow, that that is an amazing story. That is just that that is that is amazing. Another amazing story that I, I cannot wait to hear you hear you give me your take on. But you were inducted into the NWA Hall of Fame in two thousand eight. Yes, sir. And you've been on all sorts of. You you were recently on some of the NWA Power shows. Um, did you ever think? that Billy Corrigan, the Smashing Pumpkins guy, would ever own the National Wrestling Alliance. <laughs> that is no, so I insane. <laughs> and he's, no, done a, he's done a hell of a job with it so far. I, I think he's done a, a I, I feel, a very a fantastic job. He's got a, a love and a passion for it, which is part of what it takes to, to make it successful. And I, you know, kudos to him. Hats off to him, Dave Lagana. Yes. These guys have done fantastic. And, and I hope they stick to their vision and, and keep it grassroots level because it's something so very different than than everything else that you know that that's out there. That I think if they are patient and just continue to build it, they're going to continue to get a bigger and bigger and bigger following. I believe, and uh, and I think they got some great talent there, Nicholas and some of the other guys. Uh, uh, Tim Storm, and who's I met for the first time when I was down there taping some shows for him, and Tim is just an incredible guy, and and uh, and Billy, I had not met Billy prior. Well, I met him at the Crossing Cup last year, but just briefly. But uh, so anyway, yeah, I think it's I think it's phenomenal what they're doing. It brought back many memories for me being at that TBS studio on Tenth and Techwood. You know, when yes. I went down there, I was like, <laughs> wow, this is awesome. It was great. It was great. Now, uh, 
you retired in 92 after you had a match with Vader at Halloween Havoc. Uh, how, how much of just an ass-kicking was that with Vader? Because I've heard so many stories of... He he beat up guys, and it didn't do it on in, on purpose. He was just a huge guy. He just worked stiff. Uh, what was it like wrestling Vader? Because it wasn't just you guys had one match at Halloween Havoc. I'm sure you did house shows and things like this. We did. In, in fact, it was it was really. I want to say it was actually it was. Right after Havoc, it was a, it was a house show in Winston Salem where I got injured. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I would say it this way: you say he didn't hurt guys intentionally, and, and I'd like to think he didn't or don't believe he did. But, but because he's such a big guy, he was he had a reputation for being the word I would use reckless. Okay, Reck- there reckless. you go. Yeah, and and so for that, because of that reputation, like like there were certain things that he did that I just said, Leon did. I go, not on, not on the Russian nightmare. You can do that on other guys, but you. I valued the health of my body, and I just said, I just said, you know, we we'll do other things, but we're not doing, you know, this, 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 you know, just certain things that I felt were dangerous to the health of my body. And lo and behold, that last night we're fighting out on the floor, and he, I guess, took about a ten-yard run and clotheslined me in the back of the head. I didn't know he was coming, and and so I wasn't prepared for it. And and basically pinched a nerve and, and cut off, cut off all movement to my left arm. Like I couldn't, like literally, like if you've been sleeping on it at, all night and, and woke up and had to physically lift it yourself. So I couldn't move it uh, at all. I climbed back in the ring and told the referee, and "I'm young." He's like, "What do you want me to do?" I'm like, "I'm like nothing." <laughs> the male ego kicked in, right? So, <laughs> fighting with the one arm. Eventually, the feeling. Eventually. I guess jarred it back during the match, but anyway, I reported that. And the next day, go on my way to go get that checked out. I woke up that morning, I didn't feel right in my lower abdomen. Lo and behold, I had a hernia from picking that 500 pound, you know, gin- ginormous guy up. So I ended up having a hernia hernia surgery. Ended up having the hernia surgery. I rehabbed the neck, and uh, it was at that point over Thanksgiving and Christmas because that was November 7th. I got injured. Yes. It was at that point that, you know, I had made a decision to fulfill the, the, the commitment I made to myself to walk away on top of the wrestling business without hanging around too long. You don't want to be Terry Funk and retire and come back and retire and come back. Well, I, I, Constantly. Terry, I, love, I, love, I love Terry, but man, if you look at him, I don't know how he gets out of bed in the morning. I yeah. mean, he is so... And Uncle Ivan, my Uncle Ivan, people ask me all that. I just want to hear the voice one time. I'm tired of hearing that fake American accent. <laughs> like, well, I, I remember listening to uh, Arn Anderson has a podcast now, and he mentioned uh, one time that you guys were on a plane somewhere and you were doing the, the Russian nightmare. <laughs> and he's like, I turned around, I looked at him and said, knock that off. Well, he used to call me GQ Ball. I go, GQ Ball, we're all, we're all smart. I, that, that, didn't, that didn't change my, my mentality just because they were all smart. <laughs> <laughs> I've been protecting my character, not going to apologize for it. Here we are 30 years later, whatever, and I still to this day, even with the Internet and, and everything else, in interviews, I'll still occasionally cross someone and goes, Dude, where's the accent? All these years, I really thought you were from Russia. <laughs> you know, uh, there was there was one of those videos that I was watching, uh, and I think it was one, it was one of the different ones. I think it was you and the you and Sting when you guys did that interview on uh, on TBN. I think it was, and yeah. there's several people that went in in the in the comments, and they were like, "What? He's not really from Russia." <laughs> And I'm like, to my point, Jake. You, <laughs> you know, they always say kayfabe's dead. Nope, not with you. Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not. But it's fun though. It's fun for me to like when I get out for the legends autograph signings and different things. It, it's fun to hear their stories now. And in fact, if you're listening today, hey, hey if you have, let me say, I'd like to. I want to say this one thing. 
because I posted this, you know, on, on Twitter and, and Instagram. I, hey, if you have a favorite memory of the Russian nightmare, Nikita Koloff, uh, submit it to NikitaSKoloff at gmail.com. That's an S as in Sam, NikitaSKoloff at gmail.com, because your story may get into the new chapter of my revision of my my last book. So That's awesome. So. That's fantastic. Nikita Koloff yeah. with us today. He joins us live here on the telephone. Get more information, NikitaKoloff.com. And Nikita, we, we are streaming this interview as well as on Periscope and Facebook. And uh, a professional wrestler here in Kansas by the name of Flex Reed, who uh, kind of uh, basically follows in your footsteps with the weight training. Uh, he's been listening to the interview. He said, possibly the best set of traps ever in the business. The Russian nightmare was put together. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know, there's certain, like, guys that, like, some guys it's easy, you know, to grow their, their, their legs. Some guys their chest, some their arms. For me, it was traps, man. Yes. I, I used to, like, legit. <laughs> like, this is legit. I'm not making this up. I'm not, this is not the stretch of wrestling stories. I used to be in the gym during my college days. Now I had straps on my wrists and on my and the whole deal, but I used to shrug in the in the power racks with eight, nine hundred pounds for reps. I mean Wow. Like, like <laughs> wow. Yeah, like I'm not making that up either. It was it was insane. My my traps grew so easy that that uh, I just I loved it. So anyway, I remember hearing a story. I don't know if it was in a shoot interview or a podcast or something, but uh, somebody had said they had come into a gym one day and you were in there uh, doing bicep curls with a barbell and you had like two forty fives on each end, <laughs> and you were and it wasn't that big of a deal to you. Yeah, no, that wouldn't have been uncommon uh, <laughs> at all. That um, is amazing. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was uh, one of the big forty-five pound Olympic bars, and then forty-five pound plates on each yeah. side of it. Yeah, yeah, that was not uncommon. Now, Nikita, you you retired in. Uh... And you had, and like you said, you had kept kayfabe with this, with this voice and this accent, and you basically spent the only person that ever heard you uh, essentially speak English was Ivan. Uh, and then you were one day you you decided that you know you'd accomplished all these things, but you felt empty. Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, yeah. Well, just to clarify on on, on the the cape and the accent and stuff. Yeah. I mean, uh, eventually, you know, obviously, in dressing rooms and and in the home in which I lived and the car in which I rode, you know, yeah. with others, you know, I, I I eventually and on airplanes, I didn't always talk with the accent on airplanes, but but um, if essentially if there was any marks, if there's any fans around, yeah, that's typically when I made sure I always maintained the persona, right? Yes. If, if there was a fan within earshot. So even even security, police in the back, which is why I did it in the dressing room sometimes, because there'd be cops coming in and out. Or, oh, yeah. You know. So anyway, so just to clarify on, on that so people understand. Um, and then... And then, yeah, I walk away from wrestling, and, and I'm, I'm kind of reflecting back on the success and looking forward to the future. And it was in that season of 1993 that I'm like, you know, I drew this conclusion. I'm successful, but I'm unfulfilled. Yes. I'm successful, but I'm unfulfilled. And, you know, I owned a club at the time, a, a, a gym of my own, a weightlifting gym in, in Concord, North Carolina, and I'm like, I don't want to do that the rest of my life. I got involved in some other business adventures and, and invested in some things, and and uh, uh, I, I had a, actually a pastor and his wife who were members of my gym. They were pastoring a Lutheran church, and they'd invite me, and I'd go a few times just to, in my mind to pacify them and to keep them as members, right? Wrong, <laughs> wrong motive, but I did <laughs> Nevertheless, that that is the truthful reason I went, basically. Um, and then through some business ventures, I'd met a, a couple, Dick and Charlotte Easton, and a, a good Christian couple, and they'd invited me a few times to their church, and just, 
uh, you know, the way God does things, you know, in his perfect timing, you know, it was uh, uh, just I called him up one day and said, I'll be there Sunday. And it was, it was that, I, I, he said, we'll meet you there. And we were there and, and, it was, and I had never been there before. It was, and at the end of that service, I just, it was, there was a stirring. I just sensed something different walking in. But by the end of the service, there was just such a stirring in my heart, stirring inside of me that when an invitation was given to come to the altar and give your life to Jesus, I just realized at that moment, although I knew the story, I'd heard the story about the man who was crucified on the cross and, you know, getting ready for Easter, right? So crucified yes. on the cross with nails driven through his hands and feet and a spirit. Through. So I, I understood the story. I knew the story, but that didn't change or transform my life, having the intellectual understanding of that story, but on that day, 17 October, 1993, that story made the trans. It made the transition from my head down to my heart, and and life has never been the same since. And at the altar that day for me, I went from success to fulfillment. I could truthfully say, I was at the altar that day when I when I stood up, got off my knees, stood up to my feet. There was a sense of fulfillment that if I had honestly died that day, I would have died a fulfilled man. And That's life fantastic. has never been the since. I've never looked back, and it's been a whirlwind of a journey ever since then. So, Nikita, tell me about your, your ministry, what, why you decided to, to, to find, you know, find a ministry and, uh, and, and begin that, because you're a great public speaker. Uh, you, you do a heck of a job uh, preaching in, in churches and, and community gatherings and what you do with your, your, your men's conferences. Why, why create an entire ministry? Great question, James. And the, the interesting thing is that I, I, I honestly didn't create it or, or go looking for it or, or try to find it. You know, and, and, and you know, use some of the words you're saying, and that's important. It's great yeah. way you ask the question because, I didn't go looking for it. Here's, here's the Paul Harvey, for those who are old enough to know who that is. Here's, here's the Paul Harvey, the rest of the story <laughs> okay. that I didn't tell you. That day, an elderly man named Buddy came up to me, introduced himself, said, Nikita, I'm not a wrestling fan, not here to get an autograph. i got to tell you this story. I'm like, okay. He goes, I just want you to know, five years ago, I was watching television, surfing through the channels, wrestling was on. I stopped. I'm watching don't, I asked myself, I don't even like this. Why am I watching? You were on doing an interview, and, and God, God spoke to my heart and said these words, pray for that man's salvation. I have a call to ministry on his life. Unquote. Wow. And he said, Nikita, I have faithfully prayed for you the last five years every day. He goes, I had no idea you were here today. I wasn't planning on coming today. I've been sick for several months and haven't been here. And he looked sick that day because I woke up this morning and I wasn't coming and God was just like prodding me, go to church. I'm like, fine. He goes, I, I gave in. I was obedient. I came. I didn't know you were here until you walked across the front. He goes, and all of a sudden I looked and I go, oh my gosh, that's the guy I've been praying for for five years. And he got tear, he got teary eyed and he goes, I just, it dawned on me just now that out of all the churches, all the services on the planet, God prompted me to come and witness Nikita Koloff bowing his knee to Jesus Christ. And and I was blown away because I'm like, wow, some guy didn't even know me. He prayed for me every day for five years. And then his his what he said was, I have a call to ministry on his life. So I didn't fully know what that meant at the time, but all that to say, James, I, I didn't just jump right in right out of the gate that day. I was actually mentored and discipled for almost five years. I actually went and got my hands dirty. I went to help build a church in the island of Trinidad the next summer. I went down to the island of Curacao and helped to build a Bible school, and I went for three weeks to Angola, Africa, to help build the church. Wow. And, and so I just went and got my hands dirty. I just wanted to know what it meant to go serve people and love on other people. And so... In that process, I met an evangelist from South Africa who took me under his wing, began to disciple, mentor me, and and then and, and really in nineteen, really in nineteen ninety eight, the floodgates, the doors opened up wide open for me to go 
begin to preach and do men's conferences and all these things. Fast forward to today, James. Now I've preached or ministered in approximately plus or minus 1,200 different churches, 26 different denominations, and 30 different countries I've now traveled to. That's an accomplishment, sir. Well, <laughs> Good it, it, Lord, that is something. Yeah, it, it's amazing. And, and everything I did prior to 17 October 1993, as thankful and grateful as I was for the football and the wrestling and all the accolades and the Hall of Fames and everything else, all pales in comparison to, to what I'm able to do now. Even your... You know, even you complimenting me on, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and those, my, my heart is just to see other people's lives changed just yes. as mine ha- mine has been changed and hopefully bring a ray of, of sunshine and hope into a dark world and especially in this given time that we're living in. That's fantastic. We've got Nikita Koloff with us today. Now, what, what do you make of the, uh, I guess it's it, it's a trend and, and not... It, I, it's a bad word to say as far as calling it a trend, but uh, it seems like there's so many professional wrestlers over the years that they, they they do wrestling, then they retire, and then they're born-again Christians. And some of them, like Sting and you and, and Luger, you guys are actually doing it to do it. And then there's others that, I don't know, I, I, I don't think they're doing it because they really are born-again Christians. I'm not going to name names. You know who these people are. <laughs> but uh, well, I think it's I think it's a very fair question. In fact, somebody somebody asked a similar question on Twitter the other day, right? And 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 here's my response to that, right? I mean, the only one who the only one the only one who knows the true sincerity of a man's heart is the is that is the is the creator of that man. In yes. other words. God, right? He's, yes. He's the only one who knows the true heart of a man or woman, right? And whether or not the de- a decision that was made or, or they profess to have made is, is genuine or not. And so I say that to say this. And my response the other day was, we live in a fallen world, um, whether it's wrestlers or... Because or, they were asking actually about the term they used was clergy, right? Yes. Um, not every clergyman seems to be basically genuine. Well, you know, there's going to come a day called, called Judgment Day with capital J and capital D when the God of the universe sorts all that sort of thing out. Yes. And so for those, James, <laughs> yes. whose motives, whether it's wrestlers or anyone else, whose motives are not pure, they will stand before the creator of the universe and give answers to that. They don't have to answer to me. I'm not their judge. I'm, I'm not, thankfully, not God and, 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 or Jesus. So I don't want to sort all that out. I mean, I get it. I understand. And, and, and we live in a very skeptical world, and, and wrestlers by nature are skeptical as well. Yes. Um, uh, and so... That, that's essentially how I, how I would uh, address that. And that's where you just need, you know, a person needs what a sermon to, to sense, perhaps. Because Scripture does say, spirit bears witness with spirit. In other words, yes. you know, if you know someone's, if, if you've got the Holy Spirit living in you, you're, you're a, a genuine born-again believer, blood-washed, and, and you meet something, and it's just something just doesn't set right, then that's probably the Holy Spirit telling you this person is probably not all they're cracked up to be or, or yeah. not living up to the advertisement, if you will. <clears throat> so, yeah, that's so I do my best not to um, really honestly judgment on, on whether they're in ministry, not in ministry, just in life in general. I, I try to do my best not to bring judgment on, on anybody, but to be discerning of, of where they're you know, where they're, you know, just how genuine they, they, they may be. And yes. one other little side note. Yes. We're all, when I say we, all, all those who, you know, who are born-again believers, like, like profess to be that, look, when you first give your life to Jesus, you become, how I term it is, you become a babe in Christ. Well, last time I checked, a newborn baby needs a lot of help, right? I mean, somebody's <laughs> got to change his diaper, because they're going to mess up their diaper. Somebody's got to feed them, and 
and and and a baby Christian's no different. They, they're going to need a lot of you know. They're coming out of a world of sin, and they're going to need a lot of comfort and and coaching and and thing. And so I say that to say, we're you know we're going to be a different uh, view it this way. Some are going to be babes. Some are going to be going to be uh, you know infants. Some are going to be adolescents. Some are going to be adults. And and hopefully the older we get in our journey, the more mature we get whether it's physically spiritually mentally or otherwise that's fantastic it is nikita koloff he's with us today here on the telephone and uh, a couple more topics before i let you go i appreciate you making time for us today uh you had a reality show or still have a reality show tell me about this because I just well, happened I, I, to bump into this along the way in the YouTube rabbit hole. All of a sudden, here comes this trailer, and 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 I see all these, uh, I see all this stuff. Then I see these comments where these, where these, uh, these, all these, all these pervs are, are making you know comments about your daughters and things. And I'm like, what in the world is this? First of all, uh, you know. Being, if anybody knows anything about Nikita Koloff and 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 you know the the eighties and Uncle Ivan and you know all the belts and the Russian sickle, I wouldn't be making any perv comments about your daughters. <laughs> and that, well, that's a shame. I guess, I guess, Jim. We live in a fallen world, James. We live in a fallen world. So, you know, that just—they're doing me a favor. Aren't they doing me a favor. Now, now I know who I need to pray for. <laughs> See, there you go. They really do me a favor. They don't even know. I'm man. I need to pray for this guy. Oh my God, you know. But uh, so that that said, though, so yeah, that was a show. It centered around my youngest daughter, Colby, Colby Coldwell, and um, it really kind of it's called Preacher's Daughters. So yeah, she did. She she was on the show for two years. It really was about her, even though the whole family was on it. They didn't have me on it a whole lot because they couldn't they couldn't wiggle me in, into any controversial things. <laughs> <laughs> I I give them a biblical answer. They were they weren't real thrilled about that. They wanted me to stir the pot. But that said, centered around her and and there were several other girls over the couple seasons she was on. But she kind of became the darling of Lifetime Network where it first aired and and the production company they loved her and and she was very genuine, very very you know very pure and very genuine. Uh, and, and so even trying to you know trying to mar her. But but that said. Um, you know, they wanted her back for a third year, actually, and she knew that she didn't like the direction it was headed. They were Hollywood was pushing the envelope further and further, and she said, I, I respectfully decline your invitation. So kudos to her that she, on her wow. own terms, walked away from, from another That's season phenomenal. of that show. It, yeah, it really is. You know, and I'm not saying just because just she's my daughter, but she is my daughter. But um, – the, the cool thing is that launched her into a, a Christian music career, songwriting, and, and she had signed a, a, a contract in Nashville as a professional songwriter and, and, and a singer. You can find her on Instagram, on Pandora, Colby Koloff, Colby with a K, Colby Koloff, and she's got incredible songs out there. She does, she does speaking, cause, like she has a message. She has a message to, to this generation, you know, with the bullying and everything that's going on. Um, so she's a speaker, and she does phenomenal. Um, and, and so if anyone out there interested in having her uh, speak it to your students, to your school, or, or, or your youth group, she does that. But um, and, 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 and then, you know, the rest of the family, I, you know, four girls, right? Colby, Kendra, Tawny, Taryn, and now eight grandchildren. And I got a full quiver and, and just such a blessed man. But... That show was not something, again, we were looking for. Uh, her picture was submitted, and out of about 1,200 families, uh, they, they chose her as one of three original families. A little side note here, this is interesting. The, the person who came up with the concept, we were in L.A. shooting interviews or, or shooting commercials. I bumped into the guy who had the original concept of the show, and he had no clue up to really that point. He did not connect dots, but he had a Nikita Koloff poster on his wall as a kid. Fantastic. And little did he know, <laughs> through, through a show called Preacher's Daughters, that he wrote, had the concept of it, that he would meet, we would meet. So, little side note. Look, anyway. The universe is an odd place, sir. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. 
work yes, yes. Now, uh, there, I, I've been seeing different things online, and I don't know if this is if this is just people trying to get things going. But uh, are you are are you going to be doing anything in politics? Well, I, you know, well, you know, there's 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 what I call seven mountains of influence, right? There's uh, let me see, there's government, there's there's business, education, religion, arts and entertainment, um, what sports and family. I think that's the seven. Anyway, I've been involved in in six out of those seven areas of of, of impact and influence, and and politics is the only that was the one I. I Stayed like far, far away from, um, you know. Did my good citizenship and voted, you know, when I could. But uh, all that to say, uh, a good friend of mine up, up in Western North Carolina um, was uh, was running for a, a U.S. Congr- congressman's seat, and and he reached out to me and he said, "Look, you have a fan following up here. I think you'd be a great surrogate speaker uh, if you would consider uh, helping me on, on this." Uh, in this endeavor, and so I spent an hour on the phone one night grilling him with all, asking him all, all the right questions that I felt would, if I were to do that, that would satisfy me as far as, you know, how do you feel, how do you feel on, uh, you know, the, the freedom of religion, you know, the First yeah. Amendment, how do, you, how do you feel on the right to bear arms, how do you, you know, all those different critical topics that nobody wants to talk about or people are very passionate about, right? So anyway... And um, all that to say, um, I made a decision to, to uh, help help support him uh, in that endeavor. Uh, he didn't. Uh, he, he did not, for the record, because uh, there was a field of twelve people. So um, he he didn't finish in the top three, but he did okay. But uh, it was an interesting. I, I and I did it partly for the experience because I'd never really been involved or engaged in that. And I learned a few things. I'm like, wow, these people get like really passionate about some of this stuff, you know. <laughs> so, so, so that was just more than anything, just an opportunity for me to gain some experience in that world that I had never been in before. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, yeah it was a great experience. Now, really looking back, w- uh, we have uh, another another question from our from our viewers on Facebook. Uh, w- this comes from another professional wrestler here in uh, here in the area, Mr. J.M. Steele. Um, he says, "Ask Nikita about the abnormal amount of his high school classmates that became huge stars in pro wrestling." Yeah, cra- crazy stuff. For those who don't know, uh, cr- yeah, kind of again, they could. That one day, maybe somebody will make a movie out of this because you know, I, you know, a lot of guys came out of West Texas State University, right? Tony yes. Blanchard. Yes. Uh, who all came out? Ted DiBiase, uh, uh, Tito Santana. Oh yeah, they're right. A ton of a bunch, them. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of guys came out of West Texas State University, but they all came from different cities, right? Towns. Yeah. And this is one town, Robbinsdale, Minnesota. <laughs> Robbinsdale High School, and there was a period there. Here's I'm going to name off seven guys, and then give you two others as a bonus. Um, seven guys, who of which five of the seven one year played on the same high school football team, Robbinsdale High School. Jeez. Here's the guys. Ready? Here we go. <laughs> Mr. Perfect, Kurt Henning, Ravishing, Rick Rude, the Z-Man, Tom Zink. The Barbarian, Nord the Barbarian, or Nord the Berserker, Crusher Cruise Chef Barry Darso, the Russian Nightmare Nikita Koloff, and then the lesser known was a guy named uh, Brady Boone, who wrestled here in the NWA, did some refereeing, etc. Those seven guys all came out of, we were all in high school at the same time, uh, three different graduating classes, but we were all in the same time. And then the two bonus guys? Vern Gagne and Mean Gene Okerlund were also graduates of Robbinsdale. Holy smokes! Obviously, a few years prior, yes. but they were also graduates. But yeah, those are, those are the seven guys. That's pretty damn amazing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes, sir. Crazy. It is. Said, we didn't we didn't talk about it back then. I mean, we knew Kurt's dad was a wrestler. You know, whatever. Larry the actor. Oh yeah. Nobody paid a whole lot of attention to that. You know, we're, we're even Kurt. Kurt. 
Kurt and I played first year. Uh, we played uh, college football against each other, and then he blew out a knee, and and uh, that ended his uh, football career. And then that's when he got into wrestling. When he got when he blew out his knee in, in college football. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. He was rude too. Rude <laughs> played like one year of college football, and Darshall tried it, I think, for a year. And next thing you know, they're they're all in in wrestling, and I'm continuing my college career. Wow. <laughs> I I did notice uh, fairly recently WWE has started to put up uh, some some classic uh, matches on their free uh, their their free stream I guess on the network. And uh, there was a scaffold match where it was Ivan Koloff and the Russian assassin against the Road Warriors. And I'm like, I bet Nikita probably just told him, I'm not going up there. That would be 100% accurate. I said, you cannot pay me enough to climb up on that scaffold. No way, Jose. No, thank you. Give it to somebody else. Wow. I just, I, I, I'm... (laughs) Some of the things they did back then, like the, uh, uh, what was it, the Tower of Doom, the three cages on top of each other, and a Great American Bash, and some of the different things. And Dusty Rhodes, brother. Dusty <laughs> Rhodes, the creative genius. Like, for real. The War Games, best of seven against Magnum TA. Yes. Dusty Rhodes, the creative genius, came up with, with all that stuff, man. The American dream, baby. Power, power, two, three, three, power, James, <laughs> Well, it's been an honor and a privilege. I appreciate you making time for us today. We definitely will have to do this again because uh, you, you, you are a wealth of knowledge on, on several areas. Uh, before I let you go, uh, talk to us about the ministry. How, how, how do people go about bringing you in and having you come speak to their church or, or come sign autographs at a wrestling event? or how, 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 how do people bring you in, my friend? Well, I, I, I appreciate it. The, the simplest website, uh, you know, you gave NikitaKoloff.com. Yes. Uh, there's, there's also just Koloff.org. 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 Oh. Um, that one will take them to more, some simple, but they can still navigate to more of the website, but it's just simplified the web web address and then and then uh they can also uh, email me through there uh also uh lex uger and i now for the guys out there lex uger and i facilitate a camp in north carolina called man camp um and we do it typically in the spring one in the spring one in the fall small groups of men and centers around just him and i taking our 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 years of combined experience in physical health and wellness and and developing a championship mentality and, and, and our spiritual journeys. And we just spend a few days together uh, as men and just pers- pursue that, pursue what it looks like to be, to be healthy in, in all these areas of our life. And, and there's a, a specific website for that, just mancamp.info, I-N-F-O, mancamp.info, that they can get more information on that. But I I do just a host of variety of things, as you mentioned. I'm, I'll, I'll preach on a Sunday morning at a church. We'll do men's breakfast, lunch, dinners, conferences, um, crusades, revivals, just a lot of different doors that the Lord has opened for me to go and speak. And, and, and autograph signings as well. I, I still do those. I'm scheduled to be in May, in May hopefully, in, in Lexington, Kentucky for one. Um, got a couple others scheduled uh i think one in greensboro and i think the end of june and of so, course you're going to be in greensboro <laughs> that's it. Uh, yeah, of course come on starcade the, birth, the birthplace of starcade that's so, right yeah so uh, and then they can follow again, again you already mentioned but they can follow me on instagram and twitter nikita koloff with the number one behind it uh facebook pages and 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 all of that and uh yeah, I'd love to come into the area, whether it's signing autographs or, sh- or share the gospel and the good news. So uh, I'd be honored to to, to, come, to, come, to come your way. So I appreciate that. I appreciate the time today, too, James. Yes, it, it has definitely been a fun time, and uh, I look forward to more. And uh, as soon as all this COVID stuff's over with, I've, I've got a few wrestling companies, as we've talked on email, who are very interested in 
bringing you to Kansas and also uh, a few churches that I know of that are interested in bringing you down here. And I'm hoping we can do like a, a combination thing. So hopefully yeah. we can pull that off. But uh, yeah, and that's and that's a lot of times what I'll do. I mean, I'll do a, I'll do an autograph. I was gonna do that up in Ohio in uh, in March. I was gonna do an autograph signing on Saturday. And then preach uh, on Sunday in a, in a local church there, and uh, unfortunately that you know got uh, disrupted. But uh, but I appreciate it. I do that a lot of times. A lot of different com- combo things like that uh, as well. And, and and one other little quick note: uh, I mentioned uh, you know the second edition of uh, Ring of Redemption. I'm also working working on a brand new book. I, I won't say a lot about that right now, but I'm excited to. To be, uh, be, uh, I'll be uh, hopefully by, again by the end of the year. I'll be uh, be uh, announcing a, a brand new book that'll be coming out as well. So fantastic! Well, Nikita, yeah. it's been an honor and a privilege, my friend. And uh, I will talk to you soon. Have yourself a wonderful day, sir. Thank you. Hey, everybody out there, stay safe, uh, be wise, keep your health about you. Uh, just know I'm I'm, I'm I'm one who's praying over our country, and, and hopefully we're going to turn the corner on this sooner than later. And uh, just God bless you all, and uh, thanks for being fans, and thanks for tuning in. Definitely. Thank you, Nikita. God Thanks, bless, James. my friend. Have yourself bless a wonderful you. day. Thank, thank you. Thank you, my friend. There he goes, Nikita Koloff, here on our world-famous Cheeky Jaguar radio broadcast, coast-to-coast and bona-to-bona on iHeartRadio, and uh, 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. We are going to take a brief time out. When we come back, we have got more coming up on the other side. It is the big broadcast. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.